All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NBA podcast for Friday, January 20th. I am Doug Norrie, the owner of DFSR.com, dailyfantasysportsrankings.com. You know what to do. You head over to the site right now. You grab a free seven-day trial to our projection system, one of the longest-running ones in the entire DFS and betting industry. You grab that. It's going to be good for optimal lineups, FanDuel, DraftKings, and bets uh, for NBA. Got it for NFL as well as we roll through the playoffs. NHL, if you're into the hockey, MLB right around the corner. It's all covered under one subscription package. You are not going to find a better deal than that. I assure you, this is just what we've been doing for years and years and years. You go jump over to the members-only chat room as well. It's all there uh, over at DFSR.com. Got a ton to cover here for a full Friday slate of NBA action. Feeling pretty good coming off the betting side. Of Thursday had a couple of bets for yesterday's show. We had the over on the Toronto and Minnesota game. That one got there so so easily. Uh, that was hit that hit the over sometime like around the nine minute mark of the fourth quarter. So that one wasn't a sweat at all. Also had the Damian Lillard under. No one likes to bet unders. So I totally get it. Uh, we had the Lillard under on thirty two and a half points. That one gets there pretty easily as well. So make sure you're checking in on the betting side of this as long as well as the DFS side. Because uh, we got you covered for all that stuff. Going to have a couple pieces of, of uh, information and bets out there today. Want to roll through the injury information that we're going to need to keep abreast of as we go into Friday's slate. And because uh, there's, there's a decent amount. And some of that actually we're not going to have prior to lineup lock. That's just the way it is. Um, it just kind of rolls this way with DFS and betting sometimes that you're just not going to have uh, everything you need in order to, to make you know, the relevant decisions, but that's just kind of the way it is. Before we get started with that, this is not injury information. I just want to just point out um, <laughs> that Nicole Jokic is a god. The The guy is absolutely crushing it this season. I'm point, putting that, this out there right now because um, I just kind of want to get this out of the way as a top play. This isn't like really news of, to anybody that Jokic is great. Uh, so believe me, not, this isn't considered a hot take. Sometimes though, when we run lineups early in the day, like just to kind of see where things are landing uh, in terms of just you know, how lineups are going to shake out, like who's going to be the who's going to be the play of the day, you know, who's going to probably end up showing up in lineups all over the place. That's just going to be that's just going to be Jokic. If you look at our lineup just distributions right now at dfsr.com you can see that even early in the day and maybe some of these names are going to look a little kind of weird to you just in terms terms of who they are you know obviously Najee Marshall's on here Jericho Sims is on here we'll get to some of these names in a second but you can already see that early on nine o'clock eastern on Friday Jokic is showing up 100% of the time. They're, Denver's minus 11 against the Pacers. The Pacers are a bottom third team in terms of defense. Jokic is having his, you know, arguably his best season as a guy who has um, a long shot line into the MVP from preseason on him. Really only hoping for no voter fatigue on whether or not he can win to be able to cash that ticket. So probably be able to hedge it out late if uh, if someone comes in that just, you know, isn't along the same. It, it, someone makes a late round push, but he's right now plus one ten to win the MVP. Uh, so Jokic, I think we can probably pretty much start every lineup with Jokic on this on this slate, just because that's it. it just kind of ends up being pretty easy on Fanduel. Maybe it's a little bit closer. There are some other center options. I want to talk about the Knicks situation here 
uh, shortly. But just want to point out the start that Nikola Jokic uh, probably even with moderate blowout factors worked in here at the minus 11 against a Pacers team that doesn't really want to run any starters or regular rotations, big minutes. That's just the way it is. I still think that Jokic from that perspective is probably the place where it starts and stops and turns everything else. And as we know throughout the day, typically what happens is if a high price guy is coming in at uh, in every lineup to start, things tend to only get cheaper as thing as the day goes on, right? Like there tends to be injury information, different guys work into the lineups, different guys work into starting situations. So, excuse me, when the higher price guys sit here at the beginning, I think we can pretty much make a determination that that is where it's going to finish. So anyway, just sort of a high level look at where we are um, with, with Jokic and then starting off the day. Next, I want to talk about where we are with the Cavs situation. Donovan Mitchell sat last game. The Cavs come into this one with him being questionable. I don't know right now. If I had to make a guess this early in the day, I'm going to go out and say he does not play. I Again, this is he's questionable right now. We are in a situation where we'll probably have to wait. I do think we'll have all the in, injury information prior to lock since that's a 7.30 start for Cleveland. They are going up against the Warriors. So I think we're going to have everything we need to know about Mitchell. And really, it's less about Mitchell than it is about Darius Garland and Karis LeVert. They get a good matchup here against a Golden State team that plays very fast. The defense for Golden State has not been on the level that that we've seen from them at times in the past, whether you want to say it's championship hangover, whether it's just too many guys in and out of the lineup. Wherever it is, Golden State right now sits 16th in terms of defensive efficiency, and they're still playing uh, top six in terms of pace. So good matchup here, no matter how you slice it, for the Cavs. And we're coming off a game without Mitchell where Levert and Garland basically took this one over. Uh, Garland played 39 minutes, got there at 24 points uh, and 14 assists, really under-owned on uh, DraftKings as well. One of the big reasons we were able to have a really nice cash on Wednesday was because no one could get there on Garland, really. Everyone jammed Luca, and you were able to kind of make up some of the difference with this by just playing higher price guys that just were able to still save like, you know, 3000 off of Luca's price. So Garland gets there with 24 and 14 and then Lavert plays 42 minutes, takes a team high 19 shots, finishes with 23.6 assists, four rebounds. Lavert, I will say does need like all the minutes, even at this volume, just because he's really is, can get scoring dependent at times. But if 42 minutes in regulation, by the way, against a very good defensively sound uh, Grizzlies team, they end up losing by one. If these are going to be the minutes expectations for him, then I feel, think we can feel pretty comfortable running him against in a much better matchup uh, against the Warriors. So hopefully we'll have all this information prior to lineup lock. I really do think we will just because it's with only 30 minutes prior to lock. I, I think that that's enough time to probably figure out the Mitchell situation, unless he's like testing it in the very last parts of pregame warmups. Um, it's a left groin injury for him, but I think that we're going to have everything that we need to know about that. If, if Mitchell is out, it's Levert and Garland everywhere. I think we can probably start to take a look at some of what their, uh, their individual lines are sometimes the books will kind of hold out this information because they're aware 
um, you know, they're aware of what, where things are in terms of the injury information. These places are smart. This is why they've been in business so long. So I think that from that standpoint, we might not be able to get this in because they might just hold it out waiting on the Mitchell information. Regardless, Levert and Darius Garland can get there everywhere. All right. Other pieces of information that we might not have prior to lock that are going to be really, really important. And one of them is the Sabonis and what to do with the Kings. Now, this is not an injury. Sabonis was sick last game where he sat out. Rashawn Holmes got the start and the I, with sicknesses, it's weird because it's not an injury. It's not something he needs to work back from. It's just, hey, is he well enough to be able to go and play? And that's kind of the whole story. The problem with Sabonis in this situation is that this game starts at 10 p.m. Eastern and obviously lineup lock is at seven. And even if you kind of fade the New Orleans and Magic game and try to give yourself till 730, it's just not enough time to be able to have all the information you need to be able to make good decisions about what to do. Rashawn Holmes did get the start last game for the Kings. He played a kind of surprising 31 minutes to me. It was super efficient. 16 points, 11 rebounds against the Lakers. Made every shot from the field, seven for seven. Was in the closing lineups, like was closing for this team after kind of being buried a lot of the season. This was a little bit surprising because they had started Alex Len uh, on a previous uh, time where Sabonis sat. So here we are. Like, would we love to play Holmes? Would we love to get Holmes into every lineup? Of course. (laughs) The problem is I think Holmes becomes kind of a a zero if Sabonis plays and a hero to use the rhyming technology that we've been using, we get from the internet um, if Sabonis sits. So where does that leave us? I don't really know right now. I think that this one is going to be helpful to be a member of DFSR. You go into the member chat and we try to work through some of these scenarios sometimes with situations uh, with starting and, uh, starting situations and coming off of the bench, you know, we can it, it, like guys are safer. I'm trying to think of examples like, you know, when Tyler hero used to, when he was a six, when he ruled six man duties last season and you would get a Lowry out, it's like, okay, even if Lowry plays and hero looks better with Lowry out Hero's still going to play a lot, right? Like these are situations that you still can buy in some safety on um, mitigating some downside. This home situation is not the case. So with him specifically. So I think we're going to be in a little weird spot. As far as the rest of the guys, obviously Darren Fox is much better if Sabonis is out. But he's a situation where I think I'd feel comfortable no matter what the Sabonis situation was, being able to play Fox. The matchup against um, the matchup against OKC is a really good one. OKC plays super fast. This game has a really high total at 239. I think Fox is sort of uh, Demonis independent. So like on FanDuel where he's 8,300, yeah, sure, go for it. Um, where he's 8,200 on DraftKings, go for it, right? Like it's unlikely to kill you at those prices and it has considerable upside if he gets, if, if, if Sabonis is out. So this one is a weird one. I wish I felt more comfortable early on in the day talking about it, but this is these are the breaks with, with how you have to sometimes manage these situations. It's hard. I will say with the sickness, my guess is he probably plays. The line at minus three and a half gives me the feeling that this is a Sabonis is in kind of line. Could be wrong about that one, but that is uh, sort of my gut feeling uh, on where he lands. It's just uh, it's just one of those tough situations, but Kings have looked really good of late and um, hopefully he's able to play. They're exceeding expectations already with sort of where they are 25 and 18 uh, on, on the season. 
excuse me, going the other way in this OKC game. I think you can take a look at Shea. I think you can take a look at Giddy. Dort had a big game last game. I'm throwing these guys out there because the total is really, really high in the game. And often we want to be able to try to get as many pieces of a high total pie as possible. Those guys' prices have come up. Giddy was really a nice deal last time out. They ended up running him enough minutes for him to get there. Uh, nice deal on DraftKings, excuse me, at 7,700. I think he's still kind of a pretty good deal on DraftKings. He's been really, really good of late. They have siphoned some of the Shea's usage back over here, and he's um, just been able to get there on the rebounds and assists as well. So I still think he's in play. Shea, obviously, is really expensive. Dort, I think that was more of just kind of like run hot shooting his his big game from last time where he scored. And he got there on rebounds too, but I, I don't think that's like sort of a repeatable process. He was 22 and 11. In 28 minutes, I don't think that's something from Lou Dort. Even against a Sacramento team that plays uh, really fast, they've run the seventh highest pace in the league, and Sacramento plays the 24th ranked defense. So from an OKC side, this is a really, really good spot for them. Um, I just only, I typically for cash games, uh, and even looking at the betting side, I really only want to concentrate it on guys whose minutes I feel like are totally assured. That's Shea Gilgis-Alexander. That's Josh Giddy. After that with OKC, it's just such tough sledding. I, they, the, the, their effective five switches out every single game. Last game was Ken Rich Williams. It's been J- other Jalen Williams <laughs> at times. Mike Muscala's gotten a start. Darius Baisley's gotten starts. Who even knows with the rest of this team? But they have a 119 total. Our line is right, at, right on that, 119.44. So I don't think you're getting away with anything at the, at the current line. But OKC as plays. Yeah, for sure. Let's go for it. All right. Mitchell Robinson is out for the Knicks. Um, This is an interesting situation about what they're going to do. A couple pieces of information around like sort of where they are with Mitch Rob. I I will say I do like the Atlanta over in this game. I really like the Hawks. The Knicks do get worse on defense without Mitchell Robinson on the court this season. It's not like it's not a huge needle mover when it comes to the offensive side of the ball, but in terms of the defensive side of the ball, the Knicks. Uh, I'll pull up the stats real quick here, but the Knicks do take a do take a hit with Robinson off the court this season. With Robinson on the court, we look at this for PVP stats. They uh, they are one nineteen with a one twelve defensive rating. And then when he's off the court, the defense rating goes up to 114. So considerably worse on a defense, actually considerably worse on offense too. the Knicks uh, without Mitchell Robinson on the court. And so we're a decent sample size this year. It's over a thousand minutes for each. And they take a seven point hit on the offensive rating without Mitchell Robinson. So something to keep in mind when you try to think about the Knicks. I do like Atlanta here uh, from a betting side right now, Atlanta, let's just double check the line here. Yeah. Right now, Atlanta is a minus two and a half. That was creeping up to three on some books was able to grab it at two and a half. Um, they are at a one fifteen and a half over, uh, over under with Knicks at a one thirteen. I like both sides of the, I like the over in total here, mostly because I really like Atlanta getting after the Knicks here. Um, I don't know if I love them at DFS plays because they're getting pretty, uh, they're getting pretty healthy on that side of the ball with Capella back, but it just in terms of like a complete team that can maybe stomp the Knicks in this game, uh, which I think is definitely on the table. Uh, I, I definitely, like I said, I've already gotten this in at uh at minus two and a half. The Hawks are on a five game win streak have really started to turn things uh, around here in the short term in terms of the Knicks. Okay. Without Robinson, 
uh, Isaiah Hartenstein got the start last game. He uh, he got the start, but he played fewer minutes than Jericho Sims. So this is always the situation that we hate. <laughs> Absolutely hate this when the starters can be outplayed by bench guys in terms of overall run. Like, what do you do with this situation? I think there's a good chance that Hartenstein, Hartenstein starts again. And... I don't know if this is a situation that I really want to play him. I think I would much prefer to play Sims just from a fantasy perspective, but like, can we trust that the minutes are going to be all the way there? This was a really pretty darn close call. I hate this. (laughs) Now with the Knicks, I don't think either of these guys have tremendous upside. Like no matter who, who is the start, just the way the Knicks operate, in terms of their scheme and their personnel, there's no shots for these guys at all. So let's just start there. These guys are not getting shots up um, in the way the offense is constructed. When you share the court with Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, and R.J. Barrett just to start, there are, even as a center near the basket, you are not getting shots. You're going to be a screener, uh, and that is about the whole entire story for you. Honestly, even the rebounds are going to come and go with some of these guys, although I'm a little more trusting of that. But they're both super cheap, and... This is a matchup against the Hawks that don't exactly inspire tons of confidence on the defensive end. So I think that if Hartenstein were to start, I could probably hold my nose <laughs> and, and do it, but it's still pretty tough. Atlanta plays a pretty fast pace at 103.2. That's top 10. So you, you like that from at least a volume perspective. The defense is meh. It's like 12th overall in the league. We'll keep an eye out for this one. We'll know the starters. I don't know. This one's really... I, these are the situations. These are the worst situations, right? Now, luckily, both are cheap, so it's unlikely that they just totally murder you um, at basically punt prices. But come on, Tibbs, choose a center, go with them the whole time. That's that's all. That's all we really, really need uh, <laughs> to know and to make us feel a little bit better. All right, let's roll through some quick news and notes before we get out of here for Friday. Warriors look like they're going to be without Clay Thompson. He's going to rest on the back-to-back. They went an overtime game against the Celtics in a really uh, pretty exciting game to watch. Warriors didn't get the uh, didn't, didn't get the result that they wanted by any means. But Thompson's not playing back-to-backs. He played 36 minutes. He's going to sit out. They didn't start Kevon Looney. Kerr had said that this was going to be the, the um starting lineup choice going forward, but I didn't know it's unclear if they meant that that was going to be the choice permanently or just like when clay plays. Cause they ended up starting Jordan pool in his place. My guess is he means permanently and they're going to move Dante DiVincenzo into the starting lineup here, but I am not a hundred percent sure. I will say if we can get max minutes out of the warriors guys again here, I actually like them as plays even against a pretty defensively sound Cavs team just because I think we would get enough usage upgrades with guys like Wiggins and maybe enough minutes out of a guy like Dante to make it worth it. But this ends up being like sort of a tricky situation. I luckily it's an early ish game. So we'll know the starting lineup. They might go Kevon Looney because they just want to go bigger against the Mobley and Jared Allen side of sort of Cleveland's relative bigness, but we'll kind of hold out reserves on that one. Even with clay sitting, I don't mind taking um uh, golden state here right now with cleveland's minus seven and a half i think that that line is born out of like they're worried some of these other starters might just get their run clipped a little bit but it's hard for me to see like our system really likes minus seven and a half is a plus seven and a half on the warriors even without 
Clay in the lineup. So and maybe this has dropped to six and a half in some places. I like the, the Golden State side of the ball with the caveat that there's some chance that it's not just Clay sitting here. <laughs> that, but they've had some injuries too. Like they don't have a, a supremely deep bench. They would be effectively punting the game if they were to sit everybody. So definitely a situation that we're going to uh, want to keep an eye on going into uh, going into final lineups, going into our final bets. If you're just trying to just get on pieces of like maybe you know try to tail some injury stuff here, uh, this is definitely a game to look out for. Final note: Christian Wood is going to be out for the Mavericks right now. I don't think this has a tremendous short-term change in what's happening. Like Dorian Finney-Smith came back and got more minutes. He's quasi fantasy viable but not really Dwight Powell will remain in the starting lineup maybe his minutes tick up to 25 26 at times but that's kind of tough to see it's mostly just that it's like more shots for Luca and maybe a little more usage just kind of siphoned off around the rest of the lineup luckily in this situation I think we would be looking at Luca without Christian Wood a little more closely except that the, the matchup against Miami is just not a good one and I think sometimes matchups can help us to like wait till for another day with a guy, right? Like that. And that's, that's kind of how I feel with Luca and the Mavericks, even without Christian Wood. Miami is uh, fifth best in overall in defensive efficiency this season. And they play, I believe the slowest, uh, no fifth slowest pace in the league. So super slow, really good on defense, big slate of games, not really where you want to be in terms of, uh, DFS, the betting side's a little different, but um, just from FanDuel and DraftKings standpoint, uh, I don't think you need to worry uh, too much about that situation. But going forward, we probably will learn a little bit more about what Dallas's plans are without Christian Wood. Okay, that is a Friday podcast to sum up sort of what we're looking at going into Friday's action. There's three ways you can help the DFSR crew. First one, you sign up for a seven-day free trial of the projection system that kind of powers a lot of these thoughts and analysis. That's at DFSR.com. Go to DFSR.com. The link is in the show notes. Grab that free trial. Jump into the chat room. Ask how we've been here for years. Ask how we've kind of <laughs> just been able to maintain slash like excel at this over the better part of a decade. Uh, it's all there. DFSR.com. That's that's one way. It's super free to start. Um, it's just $29.95 after that. So, but you're not going to find a better deal for everything we cover. Subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. That's totally free. And that just helps us gain some traction there over on YouTube as we begin to build this channel out. This channel is going to be bringing a lot more stuff too. It's not just going to be NBA. We're going to be covering baseball. We're going to get some PGA in here. Like we're going to be covering uh, a lot of different stuff on this channel. So just subscribe over on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast too. Already seen those numbers tick up in the first week of this DFSR podcast for MBA. Much appreciated. Sign up for that seven-day free trial of 4 our projections. We will be back again next week talking more hoops. 